Welcome to today's broadcast of Front Porch Talks. I'm Grayson Willis. And I'm Pastor Margaret Michael. Thanks for tuning in today. And uh, today we're joined by Tim and Carol Devers. How are you guys doing today? We're doing good. We're doing good. Thanks for having us. Yes. It's good to have you. And Tim and Carol attend our church here at Harrisonburg First Church of the Nazarene. And we just thought it would encourage you to hear their testimony today on Front Porch Talks. Tim and Carol, just whoever wants to start first and then the other one can talk. Just start out telling us where you're from and a little bit about how you grew up. Well, I was born in uh, Camp Polk, Louisiana, way back. Mm. And uh, I have a twin brother, and I'm the oldest. (laughs) Um, My dad was in the service, and that's why we were at Camp Polk, Louisiana, but he was not at home at the time. Mm. He was stationed overseas. So um, my mom had us in the hospital there, and we were the only two babies in the hospital. Mm. And from what I understand, they used to run races with us in the hallway in our bassinets. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and they really pampered mom because she mm. had complications from the door. Mm. But, yeah, I was at Camp Polk, and then uh, as we got a little bit older, we moved in to North Carolina with my grandfather, my mom's dad, Papa, that's mm. what I called mm-hmm. him and my grandma, and we lived there for, oh, I guess six to eight months, Mm -hmm. and Dad was still overseas, and then when he came home, we moved to another little place in Asheboro, North Carolina, for a while, and then when I was three years old, we moved to Alexandria, Virginia, Mm. and I met Tim. Very good. Thank you. So we've known each other since we were three years old. That's impressive. So... uh, and she's put up with me for all these years. <laughs> uh, I was born in Alexandria, Virginia, mm-hmm. uh, in Alexandria Hospital, which is now a big new place, not where it was then. Mm-hmm. Uh, my mom told me one time that she was found in a stump. <laughs> I never heard any different to that, never investigated it to try to make anything out of it, but that was my mom. Went to schools there. We went to school together. We lived on the same street. She lived oh. at the top of the hill. I lived at the bottom of the hill. So there's very little time since that year that we haven't seen each other. Now, she ran off to West Virginia for about two and a half years, uh, and she came back, and that was good. Uh, but we had the same friends, went to the same schools, went to the same, you know, parties, social mm-hmm. events, whatever. And so we've known each other for a long time, and it's been to my benefit. Wow. So you've known each other all that time since you were, what, three when did you begin to think, wow, she could be my wife or my girlfriend, or maybe you had to first thought, oh, I've got my eyes on Tim. What was that like? I don't know that I ever really had that thought. Our first date was to a church softball game. I played on a church softball team, and I asked her to go with me. Uh, She did. Uh, I sort of made a blundering idiot out of myself a couple times. because (laughs) I, I, uh, I love to play softball. And I hit this ball, and it went forever. And I was running around the base. I think I fell down three times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and at least. rounded third base, and my hat flew off. I turned around and went back and got my hat. But still got the home <laughs> run. So <laughs> she was there. And uh, from then on, we dated off and on for a long time. There mm-hmm. were periods that we would have our childhood spats. Mm-hmm. And we didn't want to have much. Else. She didn't want to have much to do with me, but I didn't let that bother me. I remember one day going to her house and throwing a bouquet of flowers through the door. Uh, she threw them back out. I did but, throw them back out. <laughs> Get out of my yard. I don't want to see you uh, anymore. Through all of that, through yeah. all of that, we have what we have today. And, wow. And a lot going on. So, 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll be ma- yeah, we'll be married 55 years this year. That's impressive. Yeah, so. Wow. Just before we go, any fellow, you said we've been married for 55 years. What's your key before we go anywhere else? What do you have? What's the key to your marriage being successful? I think just being honest. Mm-hmm. Wow. Honest communication, mm-hmm. not keeping anything from each other. Right. That's and good. He's a good guy. Well, that helps, you know, right? Yeah. <laughs> I always tell him he's always been 75%. I've been the 25%. Oh. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, that's but we, inspiring. We agreed to share. There was mm-hmm. no, and we didn't we verbally sh- say, hey, we're going to share. It yeah. just sort of happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was no, this is yours and this is mine. I've known people who, as a matter of fact, I think her mom and dad had separate checking accounts. Mm-hmm. And this is mine. This is yours. Mm-hmm. We didn't do that. Yeah. But I have to say, if we ever had any disagreement, it would be have been over money mm. and the lack thereof. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Not because we had too much and we couldn't figure <laughs> out where to do it. But yeah. We didn't have very many of those. We hardly, I can't really recall where we ever had a real uh, knockdown, drag out mm-hmm. fight of any kind. Yeah. Disagreements, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, no, well. it's been an amicable and wonderful uh, time. Yeah. Doesn't mean everything's been easy right. in your yeah. life, right? Exactly. Oh. Um, And we'll get to that, some of your um, just inspiring moments over the years. And I'm sure Grayson wants to ask you a question, but I will just ask you. So how did you come to know Christ? Was that in your childhood? When did you become to realize that God was who he said he was? Uh, For me, it happened in Bible school. Okay. uh, At a a Baptist church, which my family and myself, you know, attended all Mm -hmm. the time. I was just telling her this morning, I don't believe my parents ever took me to church. Uh, they always used the church as a, uh, I don't know what you want to call it. Anyway, if you don't go to church, you don't get to do this. Mm. All right. So, I mean, I went to church, went with an uncle and an aunt. Sometimes another uncle would take me. Uh, but I just don't recall. They didn't go to church. They weren't church-going people. My mom and dad, I believe, were Christian. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know they went to church because their name their name is in the church record book. Mm. So... But just not that I recall as a mm-hmm. as a child and right. was growing up. I know my parents loved me mm-hmm. beyond a shadow of a doubt. I was an only child, okay. So I had my way all the time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, they were just good to me. And, That's good. But that was what they used. And I will tell one little story about church. Uh, I have an uncle. Or I had an uncle. He's passed away now. But uh, he was like a second father to me. He taught me how to drive. It was his car that I drove. Uh, my parents didn't drive. My mom didn't drive until, oh, I don't know, when Kimberly was born. Kim was born. And, mm-hmm. uh, so that would have been 1966. Wow. And she was born in 1916. Mm-hmm. It was a long time. Uh, but anyway, he taught me how to drive. But anyway, he used to try to get me to go to church. I mean, there were periods of time I just didn't mm-hmm. want to go to church, so mm-hmm. I just didn't go. And he kept after me to go to church, go to church, and I just wouldn't go. Well, one day she asked me to go to church, so I went. And my uncle said, I've been doing it wrong all the time. I should have gone through Carol. And we'd have been there a lot sooner. So, but he was a wonderful person. He yeah. was great to us. We lived next door to his uncle. Yeah. Okay. The uncle. Very good. Yeah. So anyway, that's I became a Christian through Bible school. Mm-hmm. Uh, even that had a little funny incident because I went forward one morning, I think it was, at, at altar call, and said I wanted to be saved. And then I asked Jesus to come into my life. And then they were going to have the baptismal service pretty soon after that. And for some reason, I wouldn't get baptized. I just thought, no, I'm all of a sudden got afraid of water. 
So I just wouldn't get baptized. And in my mind at the time, I reasoned after a while, because I eventually did mm-hmm. uh, get have my baptism service. But I reasoned in my mind, I got afraid of water because I went forward to follow the gang. Mm. And that wasn't re- the reason I went. And I went later. Mm. And I really believe at that time, Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. you know, although I haven't always given him his fair due mm-hmm. uh, throughout my life, and I'm 77 years mm-hmm. old, so... Been a lot of a lot of water under the bridge. Mm-hmm. A, a lot of things have gone on. A lot of things I would not want to do again. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know He loves me. Amen. And, Amen. And I always look back. And my verses. I, I guess I'll just say this. My favorite two verses is Genesis one one, the part mm-hmm. where it says, "In the beginning, God." Because mm-hmm. I always rationalize, God at that time decided what was going to take place. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then John three sixteen. And those are my verses mm-hmm. uh, that I really just say, in the beginning, he created it all. He created the the fact that Jesus was going to come to earth and die. Mm-hmm. He was going to be born again, that I was going to be saved, and he loves me. Mm-hmm. I can't say it any other way. I don't have a testimony that's... Uh, well, my testimony, that's my testimony. Amen. Yeah, that's a good Everybody's one. Everybody's testimony is yeah. important. So, yeah. 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 I believe the world will be... What's it say in Revelation? That we're by the blood of the Lamb and we're the testament. Yep. That, we overcome the that evil we over, one. We overcome the evil one by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. And what does, I think, Pastor Kerry said it, the blood is not in question. The blood really? of Christ is not in question. And our testimony is just a platform to give God glory. Mm-hmm. And uh, you do that from right. where you sit, and that's the only place you can do it from, and right? Did, yes, and I did run across a verse in the Bible. I'm, I, I will be totally honest. I never was much of a testimony person. Mm-hmm. Uh, in our younger days at church, it seems like those that came to our church to give testimonies, and this is not a real slam anyone since Celebrate right. Recovery. I've, I, you know, I've sort of got a different view, but what influenced me or affected me was the folks that came were either alcoholics, murderers, or mm. whatever. And it, it, as I look back, I just thought, they're just bragging about themselves. Mm. They're just telling how bad they were to make you feel sorry for them. I mean, that's mm. really what I yeah, thought. Yeah, and That's that, fair. That total thought hasn't totally gone away. Mm-hmm. But I did <laughs> run across a verse in the Bible that says, if you brag, brag about the Lord. Amen. And... I'm not, not the exact quote, but mm-hmm. I thought, okay, that sounds good because if you're bragging about the Lord, then brag all you want right. to, and I will listen to you, and I will love that. And I so. heard over the years that we should spend more time giving God glory than sharing our story. Right. Okay. You know, there has to be that balance. Right. It's you know what we've done is under the blood, and mm-hmm. we need to share that. But we all we need to share why. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and in it, the Baptist Church, we didn't do a lot of testimony time. Mm-hmm. The testimonies usually came from a revival speaker, or a, you know, they'd have a special guest in, they'd have a musician in, mm-hmm. someone to sing, and some of them would tell their story, and their story always involved alcohol, drugs, and murder. Mm-hmm. I just <laughs> that didn't yeah know, that didn't float yeah. my boat. <laughs> it wasn't something that you could really identify right, with. Right. So thank you for sharing. How about you, Carol? Well, mine's a little bit different. Mine's a little bit complicated, I guess, maybe sounding to me. I did go forward when I was 12 years old in Bible school, mm-hmm. and I was baptized. My brother and I did. Mm-hmm. I had no idea what it was all about. I have known about Jesus 
since the day I was born mm-hmm. because my papa taught me about Jesus. Mm-hmm. But I think during those early years, because I love Papa so much, mm-hmm. that he was my God, mm-hmm. even though he taught me about Jesus. Mm-hmm. So he died suddenly when I was 10, mm-hmm. which was very traumatic. And um, it was two years after that that I went forward in Bible school. But I went forward out of fear more mm-hmm. than anything. Mm-hmm. I was afraid because I lived in such a legalistic I came from a legalistic Mm -hmm, background. mm -hmm. Do this and don't do that. Mm -hmm. And then I had a father that was not very nice, and he was angry all the time. And so I compared God to Mm -hmm. the legalistic part, to my dad, Mm -hmm. and I just thought he was a God up there somewhere that was just going to strike me dead if I did anything wrong. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I lived under that for lots of years. But I always, I mean, there were times that I would draw closer to him, but I was always afraid. I was Mm -hmm. always in fear. That's what I lived under, fear. Mm -hmm. Um, And that didn't go away for a long time. I did the the churchy stuff. You know, I attended. We attended all the time. We took the kids. I mean, he was a deacon in the church. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we did all that stuff. But I just, you know, it wasn't like it is now. And... uh, it didn't change until about 1995 mm-hmm. when we started with the Nazarene Church in Alexandria, mm-hmm. and uh, a friend invited me. And that actually is the first time that I heard about a relationship with Jesus. Yeah. And it was like, wow, this is different. You know, maybe he's not, you know, that mean God that sits up there and, you know, judges you mm-hmm. and everything you do. And um, so... Then one thing led to another, and I think, yeah, I just started, and then we moved here in 2005 Mm -hmm. to Harrisonburg, and we had been attending HFCN before that Mm -hmm. when we visited Kim, Mm -hmm. who lived in Timberville, and uh, I just, uh, things just started to change for me Mm -hmm. in my relationship with Jesus, and then uh, uh, a few years later, there was, uh, I guess, a catastrophe, you could say, Mm -hmm. and... uh, that's when my life changed completely. Wow. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, 2012, uh, I had to go into the hospital for uh, routine knee surgery. And uh, that went fine. Uh, that was in September 2012. Um, but I had complications after the surgery that uh, caused my body organs to shut down. Mm-hmm. So they had to put me in a medically induced coma. The problem was they couldn't get me to wake up. Mm-hmm. And so I was in the coma for a couple of months. And um, by that time, the doctor's uh, prognosis was that I would not get any better, mm-hmm. that I would just be like I was there in the hospital bed if I did come out of it. Mm-hmm. And so they had family meetings to decide whether to pull the plug, or mm-hmm. I guess is what you say. I mm-hmm. don't know. And... Um, so there were, I guess, a couple. This is uh, this is all hearsay. I certainly wasn't there. <laughs> and uh, so um, there was a couple of meetings, and the doctor said, "Well, this is the way it is. This is how it is going to be. You know, if she's not going to get any better, this, this, and this." And I guess Pastor Jim was in one of the meetings, and he said, "You know," he said, "God's in this." Mm-hmm. Doctor didn't say anything. I understand, and so. Um, Tim said that after that meeting, 
uh, he came back into the room. He had to make a decision over the weekend as to what to do. And uh, he said he came back into the room, and he said he looked into my eyes, and they looked different. They had stars or light in them. Mm. And he told the doctor, he said, I'm not doing anything. Mm. And a few days later, I was breathing on my own. Amen. Wow. Amen. And, uh, and it's just God. Right. You know, a You're a miracle. I'm a miracle. Mm. Yeah, yes, you are. I am. Pastor Carey used to say, are you still a miracle? I said, yeah, <laughs> always a miracle. <laughs> I remember I was in Columbus, Ohio at a Wesleyan Women's Conference, and I was sitting in a rented van in front of the Steak and Shake. We were getting ready to go in and have some milkshakes that night after the conference. Had a group of ladies from this church with me, and we got the word that there was nothing else they could do for you. Mm. And... There was a van load of women praying that night before we just stayed in the van and prayed. And um, just to hear your story and what that was like there with Pastor Jim with you and knowing that we were where we were. And mm -hmm. um, the Lord still hears us and he knows where we are mm -hmm. and he cares. And I think it's wonderful that we serve a God that not only is he compassionate and caring, Jesus sets at the right hand of the Father, interceding for us mm -hmm. and with us. That's powerful. It is powerful. Uh, it's powerful. And just, I was in that hospital room, Carol. I visited you, and it was a seemingly pretty hopeless situation. But God. But right? God. But God. And God. He, he has recreated you. Right. Let's go back to Genesis 1. He is still creating. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Still creating. When I came out, not, then I wasn't so, you know, when I wasn't so confused, several months later, <laughs> um, and got home, I was saying, oh, wow, this is going to show all my family, you know, how God can change things, and it's going to be so good for everyone, you know, and, but you know what, it changed me, it changed me totally, you know, I mean, I was all in, man, Jesus is number one. You know, because he changed my life. Right. I mean, I was saying at CR, I was sharing in the group, I said, the joy I have now, if I had to go through everything that I've gone through in my life again, mm. I would do it. Amen. Because the joy overrides mm. all of that bad stuff. Mm -hmm. None of it was pretty in my life. And uh, he's just, I don't know, he's just amazing. His love amazes me, and that's what I always say. Mm -hmm. And it always does. And uh, so my family, there are issues, but, um, you know, they, I don't know. I don't know why people, you know, can't see that I was healed and that God did that, mm -hmm. you know. But it changed me, and that's okay. Mm -hmm. You know, it changed me. And I don't know how far my story, you know, will reach out, mm -hmm. you know, to others. But that's when... Um, and then, of course, I went to ladies' retreat. Mm -hmm. and, I was just remembering that. Yeah, I went to ladies' retreat in 2016, and that was just wonderful. I went forward, didn't want to, hesitated, kind of came in at the last minute. Mm -hmm. But when you said that they were going to baptize at the pool at 1130, <laughs> and I thought, oh, I wonder. And so I said, okay, I'm in, Lord, I said. And that was just it was just, I call it pure joy mm -hmm. that day, that day. When I came up out of the water, I was a new creation. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And I wish that we could 
show that picture over the air today of when you come up out of that water, there's no words, but someone captured it in a picture. And I know my hands are in the air praising the Lord. And it was just such a moment of joy and joy like that. Adversity cannot kill. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the joy of the Lord. Mm-hmm. And um, powerful moments, um, seeing the low mm-hmm. and then seeing what God can do is so powerful. Uh, thank you for sharing that, Carol. And uh, thank you for allowing God to continue to use you to testify about how you're a miracle and how he uh, brought you back, not from the dead, but from where some people, the doctors may have said, there's no hope, and mm-hmm. but God, like but you God. kept saying. And uh, one thing I would just like to ask, maybe Tim, if you would like to share your perspective, maybe from that whole situation and what you would like to share about that. It was trying. When you hear your wife ask you, am I going to die? Mm. Which she asked me early on, am I going to die? And of course I said, no, you are not. And at that time, I never had that enter my mind. I hadn't seen a doctor standing at the foot of her bed shaking his head because he couldn't get her to respond. Mm. Uh, it just, uh, It's just a... Thing. I, and I remember during the course of that, at one point, I told God, I said, God, I claim to be a Christian. I claim to follow you. So this is in your hands. I can't do anything. I realize I can't mm-hmm. do anything. So it's really up to you. Mm-hmm. And uh, so time went on. And when I went in, we had two of those family meetings uh, with uh, Dr. Short. Never will forget Dr. Short. Uh, you know, he did what his job was to do, which was he compiled all the data. And based on his knowledge and the data that he saw, he said, she'll never get any better than a vegetable. You know, mm. what you see is the way it's going to be. And, uh, of course, that was what he told us in the first meeting, because I did have to. Then I decided I wanted to call the family. So I called all her brother and her sister. and They all came, and my son was here. Uh, so we had a family meeting again with Dr. Short, and that's when Pastor Jim thankfully reminded the doctor that God is still in this. Uh, and then, like she said, I was supposed to make a decision by Monday uh, what we were going to do. Well, we had discussed end-of-life issues, and neither one of us want to be a vegetable. Right. So we said, you know, we don't want to go there. So I knew what I had to do if, you know, the decision was made, although not wanted. Mm-hmm. Uh, And then that Sunday night, it was, it was a Sunday Mm -hmm. night, because I believe we had that last meeting on a Friday. Mm -hmm. Uh, I went into the room, and I went to tell her goodnight that I was going to go home. And I looked into her eyes, and I saw stars. I mean, bright, shining stars. And I just said at that time, nothing is changing. We're not going to change a thing. And so I didn't see Dr. Short again, but I did see his compatriot. Mm -hmm. And she was walking down the hall, and she stopped to talk. And I told her, I said, we're not changing anything. She said, that's fine. That's all I need to hear. And from that point on, things started to to change. Mm -hmm. They started taking her off of medications. Uh, They would tell me, well, tomorrow we're going to start this test. I'd come in and be done. They'd stop it. You know, I mean, she's just started responding. And it was a long, it was a long uh, trying process. Mm -hmm. Uh, To see her laying there like that was... I often think that's my testimony, sitting right there. Mm-hmm. When, right? I, when I see her walk around the house, I have to smile mm-hmm. because I remember when she yeah. couldn't. Oh, yeah. And, I do, too. Uh, mm-hmm. and, you know, that's my testimony, sitting right there. Right. And, Amen. 
So God healed you, but you didn't just sit around the house. I want you to tell us a little bit about what your healing journey has looked like. I think Grayson may have mentioned earlier that you, somebody mentioned Celebrate Recovery. I did. Tell me, has that had any impact in your life? When uh, the church started talking about Celebrate Recovery, I thought, wow, that sounds like something that I would really be interested in. This was like right at the Mm get-go when you were getting started. And I kept thinking, no, maybe not, maybe not. Maybe it's not for me, you know. And so I just kind of kept putting it off. And then once it got started, and then I listened over and over again to the first sermon that Pastor Kerry did on Celebrate Recovery with Mm -hmm. the testimonies of Stephanie and Pearl. Mm. And when I heard Pearl's testimony... I thought, oh, okay, that sounds, okay, maybe it is for people like me, you know. Mm-hmm. Not just those people, right? Not just those people. <laughs> people like me. And me, know? right. You know? Because she was talking about, you know, not drugs or alcohol mm-hmm. and stuff like that. She was talking about, like, unforgiveness and, you know. Anger. And anger mm-hmm. and, you know, hurts and habits and perfectionism and people-pleasing and all that. And I thought, oh, buddy, you know, that's hitting me right between the eyes. Mm-hmm. And so then Tim had to go in for hip surgery. Mm-hmm. And so I said, oh, well, I can't start that that year, but we can go in late. Mm-hmm. But I hadn't even talked to him about it. Hadn't even talked to him about it. And uh, But he said, okay, if you want to try it, we'll go after I get, you know, recuperated some. And so we came, and I never left. You're right. And that's two years, mm-hmm. and almost two years. And I walked in that first night not knowing what to expect. And um, the first few weeks were a little confusing because I wasn't sure what we were doing, you know, coming into middle of lessons and things mm-hmm. like that. But I knew from the beginning that I was in the right place. Mm-hmm. Because I have a lot of hurts in my life, uh, a lot of habits, bad habits, uh, you know, the people-pleasing and perfectionism and all that in my life, um, some unforgiveness I had. God since healed me from that Amen. at Celebrate Recovery. Mm-hmm. I've forgiven that person. And uh, the grief, I've kind of been healed from that, but that was major, mm-hmm. major. So Celebrate Recovery has um, helped my walk with the Lord a lot. I've grown so much since the coma and all of this. I have just grown and grown. And I know God's not finished with me. I'm a work in progress. Amen. And I deal with stinking stuff like Pastor Margaret does all the time. That's stinking thinking. That's stinking thinking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But Celebrate Recovery is wonderful. And I've seen healing. And it's just amazing. And, and myself and everybody. Right, and you're helping to lead that now, right? I am right? helping to lead one of the small groups. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, we appreciate you engaging in it, believing that it was something that could help you. Mm-hmm. And not only are you getting help, but you're helping others. And your testimony, it will impact so many people as you continue to share it, whether it's um, here on Front Porch Talks or in a small group mm-hmm. open share on Monday night. Mm-hmm. The Lord is good like that. And before too long, I think we're going to even be having something here at the church on Sunday mornings, um, Life's Healing Choices, that really looks at those recovery principles and it will just be another avenue for our people to engage in that healing process. And if either of you even have a thought on that to share of encouragement for people to step into that type of recovery ministry, I think anybody listening would be welcome to be a part of that journey. And it certainly is inspiring just to hear um, what God's done in your life through that and 
Tim's kind of quiet over here, but I know that the Lord has worked in his life through it too. So, yeah, thank you for sharing that, and I'll be quiet and let somebody else talk. <laughs> Life's Healing Choices. I have read some of the book. It's mm-hmm. very good. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you go through that book and you work the different chapters Mm -hmm. because the acrostic is recovery Mm -hmm. oh man you could really go places i mean it just covers everything all the healing that needs to take place and how to go about it steps and um and you know what really amazed me the first time when i opened the book and looked at the chapters every chapter is a choice Mm -hmm. so we have to make a choice in our healing right right we do. Yeah. You have to make a choice. You have to say, yes, I want to be healed from that. Yeah. And yeah. that's just, that's admitting, right, that we need God. We need God. And that's the first choice. That's the first choice. Um, and it's a good one. And I think um, we might be getting close to wrapping things up here a little bit. I'll throw it over here to Grayson and see how he wants to go from here. Tim and Carol, thank you for joining us today and sharing. Like you said, it's both of your testimonies. It's not just your testimony, Carol, but it's Tim's mm-hmm. also because it sounds like when he talked about when he made the decision saying we're not going to change anything, that's when God started to change that's things right. and mm-hmm. he started to work. So great testimony on both of your ends. And so thank you for joining us today. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to today's broadcast of Front Porch Talks. We pray that Tim and Carol Deaver's testimony has been a half hour of hope for your life. May God bless. Front Porch Talks is sponsored by Harrisonburg First Church of the Nazarene in partnership with Sunshine Ministries.